to the first chronicle chapter 29 verse 28 he died at a old at a good old age having enjoyed long life wealth and honor his son solomon succeeded him as king this talks about whom david king david the safer david actually this is the niv and this a uh, christian standard verse and it says like that he died at good old age full of death riches and honor and his son solomon became king in his place the david died it means it is like a means he had a good life full of days it says in rich and honors means it's 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 like a glorious end you know it is yeah always it is as all we know that end is better than the beginning if you look at the life of david david life is characteristics or described by humble beginning he was a lonely shepherd with few sheep and he was last in his family and he started his life in a palace as a soul servant not as a king or not as a cabinet minister he is just a servant he felt unworthy when he became sonly law of kings that's what he say lord who am i that you have brought me thus far he didn't say i have come this far he say who am i lord that you have brought me thus far means he rely on god it is god who brought him if he life success you know if if you in the sometime it could be through your automatic or through your work but here if you see david life he says that who am i that you know i am such a lonely guy i am such a from the backward place i am such a you know place and you brought me that's what that's what he was he felt unworthy but lord honor he lord lord honor him life with extraordinary achievement like none other in the bible he became nationwide well known warrior he became the prince of prince he became the king of israel he was a songwriter and his story tells that he conquered the jerusalem and made it the capital of israel in the new testament it's continue to sign his glory and honor even jesus addressed as son of david what a glorious end even jesus addressed who is the david he is the shepherd who is jesus the king of king and he is addressed that's amazing how could this ordinary man who and last time when we i was talking about the crack fort i said about this man not only he you know committed the adultery along the adultery he also committed murder such a man he signs in the new testament jesus came i mean he described jesus addressed as son of david 
we see glory and honor sign in David's life. The word glory and honor is not written in the beginning of David's life, but at the end. There are people start honorably, but don't end honorably. The glory of a person is not in the fanfare, but how far it can continue to stay on until the end. People are more interested finishing than the beginning, than the start, starting. And when a 100 meters runner runs, if you see as an event, that as an event, that event finished within a couple of seconds, isn't it? That's not all that he ran in his life, isn't it? But in behind, in that people not seen how much time he has given, how much work he has done to get that prize. People interested to see the prize. But who get the prize, how much price he paid for to get the prize, nobody know that. So, to end the glory and honor in David's life, what he has done, that's what I'm going to tell today. And today, you know, the King David, he is such a mighty man. And he, God blessed him with everything. And such a humble man, no other in the Bible that could go through all these things that I'm going to bring today. We are going to look at a couple of scripture. There's a lot of scripture I have taken, but we may not read all of them. And we will, there is a three very, very important words or, yeah, I could say words that he maintains in his life to get into this glory and honor in the end. Sadly, many people, they wanted to see they, after the prize, but they don't want to take the narrow road. They don't want to work under the shadow spaces. Everybody like the podium. Everybody like the victory stand. Everybody like the signing crowd. But not many people willing to take this narrow path or narrow the difficult roads. Jesus talks about two houses that two people build in Matthew chapter 7. The two houses look like similar. And one house was very different, even though it all looks like similar, isn't it? That's what the story says. The two different people build, both of them look like, but the secret of the one house which stand all the natural calamity was not seen outside, but it was hidden, hidden beneath the ground. So that's what David's life we see he, we can say it is very easy to say he ended his life 
in you know riches and honors and all that but what was behind what did he do that's what we want to talk this two house it's so similar everything is good everybody says all similar same design probably same paint you know looks like it is all but one house had something that was not seen by anybody what is that the beneath he had a solid rock foundation that's what when we have that foundation and we can end in our life and we will be honor we will be blessed at the end that's what the david life matthew chapter 7 verse 14 it says but small is the gate narrow the road that lead to life and only a few find it jesus said there are few who find it not many so in the bible so many characters spread across the ages very few like david who shine in glory and honor at the end why because people like david who took narrow and difficult path and ended in the glory and honor my prayer this evening is that we will be one among few the title of my sermon is a glorious end this evening i want to talk three important things that's what as i said david maintained these three important things and in order to reach into the glorious end the way was narrow and difficult but david took it anyway he did not follow the wide path he chose willingly the narrow road and a difficult path the first narrow road and difficult path that david took to end in glory and honor was decision in another words i have just added a little bit hard decision he took very very hard decision it for a human for a fleshly man it is if it's me i don't know whether i could do as we talk about we all we will be i mean having a little bit time of you know imagining if we are in place of david will will take that decision or no will i take that this hard decision or no let's say decision are very important in life your decision today becomes your destination tomorrow life bring us to the cross road of crucial decision in life then and there some decision are so important because some are irreversible some decision are so important because their effect can life their effect can life long there are some decision like iso who sold his birthright which he regret later but he could not set it right it's too late there is such there is one such decision david took in life in my humble opinion it's not a easy decision it was very very hard decision to learn about this 
we need to go to two passages, which I'm not going to read it, but else if you have, if you are interested, you can note it. And these two passages talk about the same, the similar story. First Samuel, 1 Samuel 24, 1 to 7, and 1 Samuel 26, 1 to 12. This first passage speaks about the incident that happened in David's life in a place called Ingedi. The second incident happened in the hill of Haliak. In this both incident, incident, David came very, very close to his arch enemy, King Saul. And age, I'm very sure all of you know King Saul, why he was jealous of David, of his achievement. He wanted to kill him. He was chasing after him like a dog. He was you know, changing wherever, town to city, wherever he was changing to kill this man. King Saul's very jealous of the victory of David. He wanted to kill and finish him up. For many years, David was changed town to town and city to city as, as it, the dog would change by this king. Both this story, Saul taking 3,000 soldiers to capture David. But the amazing thing is that instead of David handing over to Saul, God turned the way, the situation, Saul handed over to David. In the first incident, if you see, Saul is a state where he is not able to do or he is not able to react or help himself. David is so close to him at the moment his servant, what is say, let's say. He said to his men, I swear, oh, Yeah, yeah, this is the this is the day that the Lord told you about. I will hand your enemy over to you, so you can do to him whatever you desire. This is God's prophecy that one day God will hand soul to David. And David's servants are there. And they are saying, this is the day God has given your enemy to your hand. Do it whatever you desire. Take this privilege, end up, finish it up, and get relieved. Get, you know, just finish it up. David, actually it was told by God, David did not decide that day. David did not desire that day, or he was not decided by. David's servant was telling him, this is the day Lord has made for your totally deliverance. God has unfolded this. Things are unfolding in his eye. David's servant are encouraging him to finish the job done. But what David's decision He said to his men, I swear before the Lord, 
I would never do such a thing to my Lord, the Lord's anointed. I will never lift my hands against him since he is the Lord's anointed. This is not an easy decision. God has prophesied, this is the day you, you know, I'm handing your arch enemy. But here, he says, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to touch an anointed man. He could have, you know, he could have very soon, he could have been king. If he could, he could have killed that day, he could have earlier, he could have been killed. But he did not take that short road. He did not take that wide road. He took hard decision. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Now the Lord is bringing together the way is wide open. But David says, I'm not going to do it. Even if the Lord opened the way for me, I will not kill the anointed man. If you come to chapter 26, 1 Samuel, then 1 to 12, and there's another, the same, same type of incident. This is hap happening in another place. The soul with 3,000 men deeply sleep, deeply asleep. The interesting part of the story is, again, God is bringing together. So David took the spear and water jack by Saul's head. And they went their way. No one saw them. No one knew and no one woke up. They all remained asleep because a deep sleep from the Lord came over them. Again, God giving. The deep sleep came over them. It is God has granted them to sleep. What a privilege for David, for a fleshly man. Yes, this is the opportunity. I should not miss it. But to end in glory and honor, he had to take this hard decision. I'm not going to do it. He is an anointed man. I'm not going to touch it. What a man David is. Oh, it's amazing. What sort of, what's, you know, Flesh and blood. What sort of man he was? Just as I was reading and this and thinking, lost last couple of days, and it is it is amazing, amazing. That is why the Jesus said, "This is the man after my own heart." What a humble man! What a mighty man! My God, it's a be I mean, beautiful story. It is. I'm. I hope there are. Another two more things that he maintains as we ponder and meditate. I guess it will bring a blessing to us. Okay. The first incident, Lord handling soul, Lord handling soul to David's and his servant. David's servant also said, also finish it up. And the second incident, God is sending deep asleep and they're not able to wake up and David's servant says you don't have to do it just give the permission so you will be innocent 
You don't have to kill him. Last time you said, he is an anointed man. You're not going to do anything. You're not going to lift your hand against. So you don't have to perform the act. Just give us the permission. What are the David decision? Even the even it even it was from the Lord's even the Lord's opened the way, or it was the Lord giving a sleep. I will not perform it, or I will not permit it. Sometimes life brings us in a point of tremendous pressure, where we want to react to our physical urge and time-bound emotion. Sometimes. The place is so strong to finish the matter and get relief. Sometimes everything looks like very favorable and free way to him. Like here, we see God is giving sleep. And the, the other place, he is so come close to soul. Oh, look like it is a favorable. It's a free way God is giving. But when this incident took, you know, the law was what? Tooth for tooth practice. Eye for eye practice that time. There was no grace. But that time, David, he did not do. He didn't want to do it. But in spite of all privilege and possibility on the side of David, David took the tough decision to hold the fire. His enemy was so close, the solution was so easy, he is seen his enemy walk away from the cave. His enemy going away from the grief. Just imagine what his servant would have discussed this in, in this incident. They would have talked, probably they said, he is a stupid man. We thought he's a very smart warrior. He's such a coward. He's not taking any action. He just let him go, not only once, twice. Nobody can save him, definitely. His servant would have talked. But sometime in life where you have to take hard way and narrow road, difficult path, there will be whole majority willing to walk the path that was suggested to kill him and finish him. But David chose the narrow road. It was like he was stretching the justice of God to its limit. It was like he was stretching the salvation of God and the lengthening the process of solution. In other words, he let the mind of God work, then his flesh would react. He chose God's intervention, then his fleshly reaction. In a way, David is a picture of Christ. When this talks about Jesus, when he was reviled, he did not revel in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself in him who judge justly. David, a man after God's own heart. You can see a parallel of how David took a decision and, and let the God to do justice 
and in his hand and and his hand he withdrew this is not a easy decision especially when we have all the resources when we have power when we have authority many many people don't take the narrow road but if you want to end in glory and honor you need to take this narrow road and difficult path how did david end in glory and honor such a simple man how comes he could do that god honor him all the people in the land how he would say i took some very very hard decision in life i did not give my life i did not give into my flesh i did not listen to the counsel of men i did not jump into the hasty conclusion i left my justice into the hands of god today god is speaking to somebody here let go your justice in the hand of god our god is a might righteous rewarder honor and glory comes from him do you want to follow the majority or a simple minority willing to navigate the narrow road the first thing david did was he took hard decision in order in order to end in glory and honor the second hard decision he took is it is called humbling denial i'm not going to read this is all the story it's i mean the because i have to go a little bit i have got three points which i have to cover and uh, yeah so this is the david talks about i mean when he had a desire to build the temple but god says no you are the man of you know war and the blood in your hand so you're not building okay king david this is i could say that humbling means god denying his desire the path of a man who rises to honor and glory sometimes comes to a crossroad with humbling denial where they have to accept you know so king david say in this passage i had a desire to build a god house but the lord says you should not humbling denial the one who denied the privilege of building the temple it is god himself in order to understand this we in the second samuel two samuels chapter 7 verse 1 to 5 if you read there it is story it says like this when the king had settled into his palace and lord had given him rest on every side from his enemy now what happened the king the king said to prophet nathan look i am living in a cedar house while the ark of the god sit in, in inside the tent curtain so nathan told the king go and do that is on your mind for the lord is with you this is the story about he is, you know now all the the spoil of the world was with me and now i'm settled now all is calm now i'm don't have much business to do all i have a desire to build a 
temple for the house. And the prophet, Nathan, he said, go and do. God is with you. God be with you. Go and do. Now, David, he would have very, 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 very happy because he got approval of the prophet of the country, prophet of the land. He's, yes, the noble idea that is, yes, what you have, you know, saying and what you are trying to do is that it's very well. He go ahead. But as he's describing, you know, David narrating the, his desire to prophet Nathan, David says, God has given me rest from my enemies. Right now, I'm not busy. The war have ceased. All the spoil of war in my hand. Now I have built a house out of cedar wood for myself. I really wish end of my life, I want to build a house for God. It looks like a noble, noble desire. Isn't it? When Nathan heard this, the word from the David, what did he say? Go and do all that is in your heart. Lord is with you. Look at the kind of support he received from the prophet. The prophet is saying, it is noble task you do. So David, David got, up, got the approval of the prophet. That night, what happened? Probably that night, You know, you think of if you are a King David, you just imagine, that's right. Imagine yourself as a King David and you fought the mighty wars, you got the capital city in place, you're popular and you're on your peak of achievement and success. Then you say, I have a master plan. I want to build a temple for God. The prophet say, yes. I was imagining that night probably David went to bed and would have so happy. Even the prophet of the country approved his plan. Now I can build the temple. He would have thinking whole night. He would have thinking. He would have this mental calculating where to start, how much to stand, how much to spend, all this calculating, you know. It might have running whole night in his mind. The whole project might have totally, you know, in his mind, whole night. But, and probably he might have the morning, I need to call the chief engineer. But what happened? But in the morning, the prophet said, I am sorry. The Lord said, you should not build. I could imagine the disappointment, he desired you know, the disappointment he might have gone through. His desire was denied. Can you imagine the humble experience David would have gone through? This is not a small thing. David is the king of Israel. The Bible says he not only purposed to build the temple, but he also prepared for all the materials. It's not only he pre, I mean, he had the desire, the purpose he didn't bring, but Bible says actually he preferred, he gathered all the materials. And not only that, not only that, the great thing is that God has given him the plan. 
And now God said, now you can't build. If it is me, I'm going home. <laughs> A fleshly man would have, isn't it? It's not easy. You have given plan. I have collected materials. I have the master plan you have given. Actually, Solomon did not get plan. It is plan. All the plan was given to David by God himself. And now God says, you will not build. I have seen in wedding the best met, you know, if they would have said, you will be the best met, all right. Then two days before the wedding, if they said, sorry, you can't, we, we will not let you. Probably he will not come to wedding. <laughs> I have spent money, I have bought the suit, I bought the new suit, I have done whole, this last six months, I was waiting for this. Probably he will not come to the wedding. Hey, but David, oh, what a man. It's an amazing thing. God gave everything, everything, everything. Okay, in 1 Chronicles 22, verse 3 and 4, where David preparation for all the temple, for the God's temple, David had actually already collected a lot of materials for the temple, gold, silver, bronze, cedar. So the preparation was completed. The purpose in his heart was completed. The most shocking part is that God has given, he, given him the plan for the temple. It is completely vivid, clearly. Solomon did not get the plan. God only spoke to David how to build the temple. So the purpose is finished. The preparation is completed. The plan is ready, but no permission. If something like this happened in our life, what would we do? This is not easy to, you know, the denial is not easy to swallow. It's not easy to, for a, you know, what we would do. Denial is not easy to swallow. Now the king, now the kind of preparation David did was not small. The temple is not a small house. It is a mighty major project. One of the wonder of the ancient world. You know, that's he wanted to build the plan drawn, the preparation done, but God said, you will not do it. A son who does not know in and out, a small young fellow, he will do it instead of you. If God would say, David, you are 70. There is another guy, 80 years old, he will do. That's also okay. But God said, your son will do it. What he knows? Eh, but he had to accept that, isn't it? That's amazing, amazing. Okay, your son, there is a, if, if, if there is, God would say, there is an 80 years old man, he will do it. David may have think that's okay, but God is saying a 20 years old, 18 years old fellow is going to do it. I can see a, 
Any person who walks in wide path would react and get into so much heart today. You know, people leaving churches and churches for this little heart or little difficult or little something for a man. Isn't it? If they love really God, will they leave the church? No. If they really love God, and this is, that's what they hear. David did not join the crowd which walks on the wide road. He chose the narrow road of difficulty. Imagine this. After all those were, he fought for his country. And Lord is telling him, you have done a lot of bloodshed. Therefore, you will not build. It's like you suffer and somebody will enjoy. He, he did all those were for his country. And God says, you have a lot of blood on your hand. You will not do it. I don't know how many of you have read this passage in the light of this background. It's amazing, actually. 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 25. Now the Lord God fulfilled. Now, after God, when denied, God said, no. Now David, straight after this is. David says, now Lord God, fulfill the promise forever that you have made to your servant and his house. Do as, your, as you have promised. God says, you will not build. Now, David says, keep your promise. Fulfill whatever you desire, Lord. What did God say? Don't build. David said, whatever you said, Lord, let it come to pass. The, imagine this verse as well, 28. Sovereign Lord, you are God. Your covenant is trustworthy. And you have promised this good thing to your servant. What good things? Do not build a temple. What a mighty man this. You know, it's, what are the good things? You should not build. David says, Lord, this is good thing. Whatever you do, good things for me. You know, denial David took in a spirit of humble servitude before God. His devotion for God never changed. Even God denied, you know, his devotion never changed even a small bit. Even when God denied him the privilege of building the greatest structure ever built by men, Bible say he he went, sat before the God, and offered his prayer. What a character David had. He, he not only thanks for the privilege, the Bible says he gave everything he prepared for the temple to Solomon. If that's me, I don't know. My wealth, why should I give? God asking you to build, God will give you. You go and build yourself. <laughs> Bible say he went ahead and took his personal saving, many ton of gold. He gave to Solomon and said, "You build." He explained all the plan that God has given him. He also arranged all the people that would work for the temple. 
I put myself in that place. Will I do, do that? Will you do that? Our instant response will be, if I'm not doing it, do it yourself. <laughs> I'm not going to give my money. No. What a man of generosity he was. He loved God more than the temple. Hallelujah. He loved God, not the temple that he wanted to his put his name because I will know. He loved the God more than the temple. He loved the God and he was so devoted to, to God then the project God gave. And God said, no, you can't build it. He was so devoted to God. That is why he is the man after all. I mean, he was the, you know, man after God's own heart. And that's why he ended in glory and honor. You know, that's why he's, you know, still in the New Testament after many thousands, 400 years after even Jesus came in and addressed the son of man, the son of David, sorry. He loved God more than this project. He gave everything, taking the narrow road. David is the picture of Jesus in this incident. Okay, probably I didn't write that anyway. Matthew chapter 26, there verse 39, 42, and 44. There Jesus is just before he was taken away, you know, captured by the soldier. He's praying, that's what. Jesus prayed three times, that's what the Bible says. And ask God if it is possible, let this cup pass from him. His prayer were denied. What did Jesus do? Matthew chapter 26, 46, it says, get up, let's go. His prayer denied. Jesus said, that's okay. I will carry the cross. I will walk alone. That is narrow road. It's not very easy to say David ended in glory and honor, but the price he paid, no less. His heart desire, his longing, was denied, unchanging devotion to God. In Paul's words, what can separate us from the love of God? In the word of Job, even he slay me, I will still trust him. You know, what a wonderful, he took this, you know, hard decision. The hard decision and the Humbling denial. And the last one is what the, the painful departure, or in other words, the heartful departure. Okay, this is another incident in David's life. When David saw that his servant were whispering to each other, he gushed that the baby was dead. So he asked his servant, is the baby dead? He is dead, they replied. The questions David asking here speaks of a desperate, a helpless father putting forth the question, 
is my baby dead? It's very hard questions indeed. It was a painful separation for David. The Bible says the child did not look healthy or comely. Even for an unhealthy baby, father found very difficult for, for let him go. The Bible says the child felt very sick unto death. And it was told that the baby would not live. What did David do? He got down from the throne, sat on the floor, and wept. And he fasted and prayed, did not eat or drink for seven days. He prayed and fasted for the child's life. David did not want to have one more lust in his life. David had lost some very precious friends, precious people in his life. He lost his precious friend Jonathan in the Mount of Gilbao, and he lamented for many days. And he then comes, he lost his son, Absalom. Then next, who was next to the line of the throne, he got killed. And in the second Samuel chapter 18, he said that he cried and he prayed, why not I was dead in place of you? That's what it says. You know, now in his old age, this baby. In his old age, he had a baby. And he had a son. He knew it was born in sin. He knew it carries the punishment over his life. But he could not let him go. Seven days he fasted and prayed, crying before the Lord. After that, he's asking, is the child dead? They said, he is dead. What did he do now? Bible say, he took bath, he put oil in his head, he changed his cloth, and went to the temple of God to worship. When, how can someone pray when pray were not heard, how can someone pray when the lost of dear soul? What a man! After seven days fasting and prayers, and as the following scripture, if you read it, says all the, his servants were talking while the child was sick. He was praying, and child was dead. Now he got up and eating and drinking and going to pray. Probably his servant might have thought, probably this is the last prayer, I think. If his son doesn't leave, he will give up God. But no. When they say he's dead, he got up, he put oil on his head, he changed his cloth, he had a bath, and straight he went to pray. That's what the Bible says. What a man. Any person walking in the wide road would say, enough of God. Enough of prayer. I will no longer follow this God. But David walked in narrow road and difficult path. The amazing thing about David was to the same God who separated his close people, to the same God, he brought the offering. He brought his worship. He brought his prayer. And moreover that, 
He loved the same God more than any project, more than anything in his life. What do we, his, we see here? We see a devoted man who submit, submitted his life to divine plan even in the midst of heartful departure. Even his own son died. Even didn't God, you know, didn't keep him alive. Even after death, he's straight going to the temple, you know. That's what here he is also, it's in a way, David, a picture of Jesus actually in this incident as well. In the Psalms, sorry, in Psalms 88, verse 8, 18, it says, You have taken from me friends and neighbors, and dark, darkness is my closest friend. It, the psalmist says, In the same way, Dave, I mean, Jesus was alone, everybody left him. Like, you know, David, his close people died, and he wants this baby to live. He prayed and prayed and prayed, but his prayer was not answered. But still, he went to pray. Every, everybody left Jesus. He alone carried the cross. It's my prayer that we take the narrow road and difficult path in order to end in glory and honor. Like David Matthew chapter 7 verse 14 says, But small is the gate and narrow the road that lead to life, and only a few find it. And it's my prayer today that we will be among those few and end in glory like, like David. May the Lord bless us. Amen. Amen. much we can learn from King David. But the very simple fact is, as Ashok has said, the Christian faith, the Christian walk is not always about abundance and blessing and all of that sort of stuff. Sometimes it is a narrow, or it is, Jesus said himself, it is a narrow road, which sometimes takes some hard decisions hard choices, difficult experiences and challenges, things that aren't easy. But the one thing that we know is that God is with us. And God is looking to the way we will respond in these situations and difficulties. Will we choose the way everyone else chooses? Will we throw in the towel? Will we say it's too hard, it's too difficult? Or will we trust God? Will we trust him? Will we really trust him? And you think, well, it doesn't seem fair. Well, God says, well, it wasn't fair that I had to be crucified on a cross for your sins. Why do you think I prayed in the garden, not your will, but not my will, but your will be done? Let this cup pass from me, and God, Jesus had to still go to the cross. So God's not asking us to do anything that He hasn't already done. Sometimes, and it's a sobering message from a shock. 
to remind us that it's all about our relationship with God. It's all about putting God first. It's all about honouring God with our lives. And we love it when it's all bells and whistles and blessing and all of that stuff. Oh, it's great when God's pouring in blessing and God's doing this and God's doing that and you know God's providing this and we're like, this is fantastic. David had those moments when people used to cheer about him and say things like, you know, Saul killed his thousands but David killed tens of thousands and they, he was the top of the pops as we used to say. He was the best thing going around. He was, he was it and a bit. Everyone loved him. He was, uh, what's her name? Jacinda Ardern over in New Zealand winning the election by a landslide. Everyone thought he was the best thing ever. But then he had those low moments. He made some mistakes. He had to face the consequences of those mistakes. God said no to him to the thing that he wanted more than anything, to build a temple. How did he respond? He still put God first. He still honoured God with his life. I want you to just bow your heads in prayer for a moment. I want you to consider what's been talked about. Just think about it for a moment. Think about where your life's at the moment. Maybe there's some tough stuff that you're dealing with. Maybe God has said no to you about some stuff and it's hard. Tonight's an opportunity to say again and afresh, God, it's hard, but if it's your will, I choose you. I choose you more than anything else. I choose you above my own needs and desires. I put you first in my life. I want you to think about that for this, just for a moment, just in quiet while no one else is looking around. Take the opportunity to say, God, I choose to trust you.